Did you know that within you is the most powerful force that has ever existed? The challenge is that we have forgotten who we really are. My mission is to awaken you to understand that what you believe on a subconscious level creates everything in your life and in the world. Energy, thoughts, feelings, patterns, all of it is created by our beliefs and our experiences can be positive or negative. Life doesn't just happen to or for you, it happens from you. Join me on the journey to discover what the eternal truth is within you that sets you free at the deepest level possible. It all starts now. Hello and welcome back, Truth Seekers, to a new episode of the Truth Method Podcast. I am your co-host, Victoria, and with me today is the lovely Claudette. We are going to be talking about how to be single and happy. Claudette, what are your first thoughts when you think of being single and happy? Well, I used to think that I couldn't be happy single. I used to wonder how people or why they chose to not be with a partner or look for other people. Now I find myself single and happy. So obviously things have changed for me. Yeah. Did you ever think that that was a possibility for you? I was one of those people that when I would get out of a relationship, I've always had long-term relationships. And when one would end within a couple months, I would be in another. Hmm. Like it just, it was a pattern that I had going on. I think it was a distraction actually. Let's talk about your previous serious relationship, which I would consider marriage, your divorce, and what it looked like navigating the after of being married to someone for 23 years. At first, when we got separated, I felt a relief. We had been, I wouldn't say we were having problems. We had just grown apart. It was like we were roommates. And I felt a sense of freedom and a relief, and I traveled, and I occupied my time. And uh, then when I started being more alone with myself, I had to face some of the emotion that came after that. Would you say that you were expecting those emotions, or were they different than what you thought you would be dealing with after that? I was not expecting them because... Obviously, I practice truth. So during the marriage, I would do truth as I would get upset and shifting to not judging him and shifting to holding the space for him to be who he was. And I thought I had it all together. I thought I had my shit down. And it wasn't until you know, after we got divorced and after I decided not to date that I realized there were emotions that were deeply buried there. And I didn't even know it. Truth had to show me. What were some of those emotions that truth revealed? I felt abandoned and just as if I was thrown away, not important. So I started feeling kind of victimized or like a victim, feeling sorry for myself. And then the next thought was, well, how can I trust a man? How can I... Mm find someone that will really 
treasure me and care about me. That was the next thought. And I felt rejected. I felt really it was just thrown away, you know, just like I, I never mattered. To me, it was very interesting, even though I knew the divorce was coming and it was for the better of us both, or it was for the best for us both, I should say, it still doesn't make it easy. Like you begin to mourn the dream of what it could have been versus what it actually was. Do you remember any of the truths that got you and pulled you from those emotions and those feelings? Yes, I do. One of them for the rejection was I got the truth that we were supposed to be together for the time that we were together. You see, my former husband and I, when we first met, I was guided, like I, it dropped into me that this was going to be my husband. And that was when we first met. So I was going based on that feeling. And for him, he had started journaling that he was going to meet a redhead. When we met, we were almost inseparable. At first, it scared me and I started to ignore him. (laughs) He would call me. And finally, I knew it when he left his last message. And I was like, but what if he is the one, right? And when we started dating, we were inseparable at that point. So for the first few years, it was really good. But life happens. People trigger each other. This is one of the reasons why there's a high level of divorce rates and stuff like that. So you were asking about some of the truth the rejection or the abandonment or being thrown away or not important through truth. I saw how us being apart was going to allow us to grow more than we ever could together. And when I got that understanding, I began to be able to heal. Hmm. I love that truth kind of revealed to you that more growth would be possible by separating Yes, Because sometimes we get so wrapped up in the ability to grow with our partner that we want that unity and that partnership. But sometimes you get to that point where it's no longer healthy for either of you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's incredibly powerful to know when to step away for both parties involved, for the betterment of all. So what did your re-entrance to dating look like once you were able to kind of process these unexpected emotions that you were feeling from your divorce? I remember when my former husband moved out of the house and my first night alone in the bedroom, it was so weird. I mean, he had moved into another bedroom, Mm -hmm. but... That first night, and I knew he was dating someone, and I had this kind of snippy attitude, you know, I was like, well, if he can do it, I can too. Mm. And so then I just, for the first time in my whole life, I had never had a need to be on a dating site. I had never, I had coached women on dating in relationships, because I went through training with Elsa Armstrong. She's amazing. And so I had coached people on that, and I helped them set up dating profiles and all that, but I had never done that myself. So it was a little scary at first because I was like, oh, my God, I'm doing this for myself. But I remember it was like 11 o'clock at night. 
I'm going on Match, eHarmony. I think I went on like four different sites. Hmm. Really just testing the waters. Yeah, I was I was starting to test the waters. I couldn't believe the uh, messages and, and some of the things that people say. And mm-hmm. it was very- I'm sure it was a lot different than dating back <laughs> in the 80s and 90s. Totally different. And, um, you know, even though I had coach, I was familiar with it, but it was just weird when it's you, Yeah, you know, it was so weird, but I started to, and, and I started, you know, accepting invitations to dinner. Would you say that you bring truth into your dating decisions as far as who you're dating and how long you date them for? Absolutely. Okay, please elaborate on that. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, the practice of truth is to connect to your higher spirit within you as one with God. I would not make a dating decision without the practice of truth first, because when you connect to that divine power within and the truth rises, you just know shit. Mm-hmm. You just do. Everybody I've ever dated, I had gotten a yes, yes, you can, yes, you should, or it's time to start to call it off or whatever. It's just the guidance is there. It also helps with the players. <laughs> like, I'm sure. It does. <laughs> you can start to recognize, you know, someone's intentions or you, you start to pick up on that vibe. And seriously, I was dating to look for my next long-term relationship with the hopes of maybe that would be the one. I, I'm not interested in just dating for fun or it, to me, that's just a waste of time. Dating to get to know somebody to see if you're a match, that's perfect. But not just dating for the sake of dating. Could you elaborate on some of the relationships that you held after your divorce and how truth kind of guided you into cutting them off or making that decision that it was time to end things. So after that night at 11 o'clock, setting up match.com profiles Mm. and eHarmony, and I can't even remember, I think I was on the league and I, I would know up front if I was going to see the person again, that's, a benefit of truth. Mm-hmm. You can get downloads on what's going to happen and that type of thing. Plus our intention is probably involved in that, but I would just get a download. I would kind of know. And I was judging whether someone was open for truth and open for spirituality because I wasn't interested in just a relationship where we didn't have that understanding It's such a huge part of my life. Do they have a business sense about them? Do they think in that way? Can we have those type of conversations? And do they like to travel? Those were all the things that I started to look at. And so a lot of dates kind of fizzled after the first time. And then there were, you know, there were a couple of men that I went out with more than four times. And one of them I'm really good friends with still to this day, but I had caught it off. I knew that I was getting ready to move into a time of stepping into my purpose with the truth method and everything that I was doing. And that took a lot of bravery for me 
It took a lot of um, effort and it almost felt too tiring to think about dating and doing that at, at that time. But I ended up meeting three different men at a Tony Robbins event. And it wasn't like I planned it, but I met them and I, you know, met one in Europe for a week and we kind of got to know each other a little bit. I had friends with me and that was very short lived. And then I met another one afterwards and we were actually together for about seven months. What were some of the factors that truth revealed to you when it was time to end that seven month relationship? Well, I didn't end it, but here's how it went down. Okay. So I could tell within about three months at the end of three months into four months that we weren't exactly in resonance with each other. We weren't totally a match but I had made one mistake and the mistake was I just fell, totally fell for him. It was almost like I, I had never fallen for somebody in that way before. And it was to the point that I lost who I was. Sometimes they say sexual attraction when it's really high, you kind of lose your mind and yourself. It was more an attraction for someone that had a very masculine energy about them and who adored me and paid attention to me. And that's what was happening in the beginning. So I realized looking back now that he was filling in the gap from my former marriage, right? He was filling in for the things that I had desired to have happen in my marriage and they were not happening. And so I fell for that and started to become less of who I actually was and even downplay my mission, my purpose. And I can remember thinking, oh, if, you know, because he had started to talk about how we could join our lives together and different things like that. There were talks about it. However, in my mind, it take, you just don't want to move into something too fast. You just don't know who the person is until... You've had time to get to know them and you're in the day in and day out stuff and you're both bored together. So what do you do now? Or you're angry at each other. So how do you handle it? Those are all the really important things for me. So I wasn't wanting to move too fast, but I was starting to lose myself. And that's very interesting to me. And I think a lot of women go through that. It's almost instinctual. And there was something that I was sensing in the relationship that wasn't exactly correct or solid. Solid is a better word. And so I was sensing that and that left me kind of reaching for it. Looking back on that, I can see that. And by month five, truth had guided me and said, it's not going to last. And I was like, well, to honor both of us. This isn't about, oh, he he was a problem or I was a problem. This is about, once again, what is the trajectory for the highest level of growth for both of us, right? Like, truth cares about both of us, not just Claudette and not just him. And so I was looking for that guidance. 
And the guidance was that he would break it off with me. I wasn't to break it off with him. So the last two months of that relationship were really hard on me because it's like I already knew where it was going. But there was a part of me because I had fallen that wanted to deny it. Mm. So I wasn't exactly living in reality at that moment. That that was my first serious relationship after being married, you know, for 23 years. Did you feel lonely at the end of the relationship? Oh, incredibly alone. Like so much so that I I didn't go back on dating sites right away and I was like Things were starting to surface for me from hurt from my marriage and now hurt from this relationship. And I knew I had to sit with myself for a minute, but I didn't stay alone for too long. So there was another relationship. Hmm. What would you say was the biggest takeaway from your second relationship? My biggest takeaway from that is pay attention. And this is no reflection on him, right? Like, but... Of course, just a reflection of what you learned during the relationship. Right, right. Pay attention to how comfortable you are in the presence of the other person. Mm -hmm. And can you fully be yourself? Or do you have to downplay yourself? Or do you have to pretend to be something you're not? These are such solid things to look at because you can't be in a relationship downplaying who you are. Yes. I feel like the mark of a good relationship is first having a solid idea of who you are in your mind before you enter it. And then also being with someone who honors, appreciates, and sees that. So explain to me the dynamic of how it felt to lose yourself and what that looked like for you. It was at first, um, it was exciting. And then what happened is it started to be day in, day out stuff, right? And that's where you really, that's where the rubber meets the road. You can have these wonderful fantasy moments going on trips and doing whatever, but the day in, day out is where each person gets to bring their true self to the table, or if they are not, bringing their true self. They can only bring that false self for so long because it's not sustainable. And I started to feel like there was a part of me dying. Mm-hmm. It, it That's kind of how it felt. And I started to move more into truth and more into who I am spiritually. And I could see that that wasn't always welcomed And that's when I started to realize maybe we're not in resonance just with my practices and who I am and who he is and who he was being. And it really, we triggered each other. And this is what happens in relationships all the time. Couples will trigger each other. I was triggered to start to work on myself and not ever compromise myself. Mm. He was triggered and went through a huge growth period because it was almost like the things that had bothered him before had to come back up and we were triggering each other, if that makes sense. Um, And then it ended. I mean, it ended with respect at the moment, right? Mm -hmm. And that's how I wanted it to be. Um, And what I ended up doing, it was just cutting off all communication because 
for my heart and for me to heal and figure out who I am now that I wasn't married, like part of my identity left with my marriage, you know, because when you've been with someone for 23 years, you have to reestablish who you are. Yeah. And so for me to figure that out, I couldn't keep communicating with that person. I had to cut it off and completely cut it off so that I could grow and work on myself without that influence. We talked about the identity married and then not married. And I went through times of feeling really alone and sorry for myself. Like there was one night that, and this leads into your question, right? Your question of what are you looking for? Because at that moment, I could not have told you. I thought I knew. I thought I knew what I wanted, but I began to realize that I didn't know who I was single. Mm-hmm. And, and it was almost like that identity needed to be formed, and it didn't need to be leaning on the identity of anyone else. It needed to stand on its own. And that's what began to happen for me. And at first, I was a whiny baby. <laughs> I just cried. I felt so alone and sorry for myself. What did you do to overcome like the sadness that faced you? I began to get truth. I just dug in. I mean, this is truth is that divine knowing that rises in you. And I I know I've practiced it enough. I was like, obviously I have something I believe that is not in alignment with truth and this is why I'm feeling so sorry for myself and kind of whining about it. I remember you even said, mom, get truth because I was acting really sad for a long time. I, I don't know if you remember this, but you were like, Can you go ahead and get some fucking truth already. Because <laughs> I was just kind of walking around in this slump, right? I specifically remember how you told me that you had this moment on the stairs where you were like, I could just fall down the stairs and no one would ever know. It might take days for someone to find me. Mm-hmm. Describe how that level of loneliness felt. Oh, it was so strong. I've always had a very strong connection with my mom. And there was about a day or two where I was in such loneliness, my mom felt it. And so... What happened is I was walking down the hallway and this is when COVID had hit. So I realized now looking back, I was distracting myself with travel and hanging out with friends all the time, just staying really busy, not being alone, not having to face myself. And I didn't even do that consciously. It was all on a subconscious level. So now I'm alone. It's COVID. And I'm feeling really sorry for myself and alone. And in in my mind, it was utterly alone. And I just go, yeah, what if I fell down the stairs and broke my neck? No one would know. No one would care. In that moment, the truth kind of spoke up within me, that still small voice, which is like a thought that rises. And it was like, why would you create falling down the stairs? And Mm -hmm. I went... Yeah, you're right. I'm not going to create that, right? I'm not going to see that accident and call it into being. 
I go, yeah, but I could be in a car. I could be going down the road and it would flip and I would be in a ditch and no one would know. And that's when truth came through so strongly. Truth was like, I know every hair on your head. I know everything about you. I am in you. I am one with you. And if you created flipping in your car, if you created this accident, I would have someone there for you. But let's not create it. And it was such a really strong feeling. And then a love just began to, it kind of built up within my heart. And I fell to the floor just bawling. It was like all the sadness of my marriage, of the other relationship ending, even though I can look back on that. And I know that one was best for both of us too, to end it. We're just on different paths. I was standing there in the hallway and truth was like, it's me now. I felt like I'm not going to date for a while. It was almost like I had instructions from the divine to pull back, stop dating, focus on the mission and really turn into myself. And I can say that I moved from being really sad and lonely to starting to practice truth to the point that there was a divine presence within me. It was almost impossible to experience loneliness. And as the months went by and as I got more truth, I began to, the loneliness went away, especially after those two, that one or two days where it was so bad, right? And my mom called me and she's like, I've been so lonely and I don't know why. And I was like, I I have too. I've been incredibly lonely. And she goes, that's why she goes, I'm feeling how you're feeling. And she said, that's pretty bad. Are you okay? I wasn't okay at the moment. And so I moved from being a victim and feeling sorry for myself to actually starting to enjoy being with myself and being very content and very happy and feeling that divine presence in me. That's beautiful that you're able to use truth in a way to experience an acquittal of those emotions mm-hmm. and being able to replace them with what I consider the most powerful emotion, which is love. Yes. So looping back to the question, the previous question, what are some of the things you desire in a future relationship if you desire one at all? That's a really good question because I've gotten so good at being single now I'm almost afraid that I like it too much. And so I've thought about that and I've gone into truth about it. And I do see me in a future relationship with someone. But the number one thing is that they are spiritual. They're seeking truth. I would love someone that, you know, we could, when we have a problem, go into truth together and solve the problem because It's, you know, for those who haven't practiced truth, once you practice it and you experience the breakthrough to where you're consistently connecting and you don't have the doubt, there's a period of doubt that people go through at first and you don't have the doubt. It's such a beautiful practice and the truth will always bring the answers in that resolve the conflict or resolve the issues and both people grow. It's not one-sided, you know, it's for the good of all. And so why wouldn't I desire that in a relationship? And then another thing is 
I have the need to feel freedom, even if I'm in a relationship. I just don't want to feel caged in. And I want to feel like expansive within my soul in that relationship. And so, you know, someone who is jealous, that wouldn't work for me. Or if they're insecure with a, a woman that is strong, that wouldn't work for me. Or if they're competing with me, that doesn't work for me. Um, when I'm in a relationship, I am much more feminine. It's it's like in the business world, I'm one way. And then when I go into a relationship, I become more feminine. Um, I love that role of masculine and feminine. And um, I'm looking for someone that's you know, secure within themselves and can hold the space for me to be a woman, mm -hmm. right? And, and vice versa. Um, I believe when you both connect to truth and the divine, you can love each other through the eyes of God. It's holding a polar dynamic through truth. Yes. Yes. And I think that keeps the attraction going. And guess what? They can become your best friend. Like someone that you're running an errand, oh, let's run it together. Or you're, whatever you're doing, you love being around them and you can just totally be yourself. I just, that, I, I desire that. that. Yeah. So I have one last question for you. Okay. Are you single and happy? I am single and happy. Very single and happy. And as a matter of fact, I remembered after getting much truth and coming out of feeling sorry for myself, coming out of feeling utterly alone to feeling the love of God in me, the love of truth welling up in me. I can remember I was sitting on my couch. It was a Friday night and there used to be a time when I had a very busy social schedule because I was trying to fill the time. Right. And I think we've all done this to some degree or, or another, and I had no plans. I had nothing going on. I was reading and I just paused for a minute and I didn't feel alone at all. I felt content. I felt joy. I feel, I still feel it. I feel very happy. You know, there's something to being able to go take off on a trip and not have to tell anyone, which I tell you, but you know, it's, it's a level of freedom that's beautiful. But I will say this, it is also important to allow relationships in your life because I feel like relationships will trigger you in a way that you never thought possible. I completely agree with that. Now that I'm in a relationship, I myself was very single and happy for two and a half, three years. And now that I'm in a relationship, I will say that it has brought things to my attention that I thought were well worked on and handled. And they're not because yes. you're in a totally new environment with someone mm -hmm. else giving yes. you feedback and it really does allow you to grow. But I will say there is equal growth in being single as well. I, either way to me, there's nothing wrong with either way. It's not like... Oh, I have to be single or I have to be with someone. I would say to everybody, focus on love and not just love. There's ego love and there's divine eternal love. 
start to focus on the divine eternal love. It's the love that created you. It's the love that is in your heart. It is always there. The presence of the creator is always there. This is regardless of whether you're part of a religion or regardless of different belief systems that the world has, we all are part of universal spirit. And it was love that created us. It is love that holds us together. And when we turn our awareness to something, we begin to understand it. We begin to feel it and experience it. And it would be very hard to feel lonely if you spent your days focusing on love. And that was what I had begun to do. And it really removed my loneliness. Loneliness doesn't have to be a state that we stay in. And we can be single and we can be happy. And then for all my ladies that are considering dating again, because I am considering dating again in the near future, when you start to go out with someone, say, if this is meant to be, let it be. If it's not, I don't want it. Close the door. And there you have it. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Truth Method Podcast. And we will see you next week, Truth Seekers. Thanks for listening to the Truth Method Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and share with your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe to get notifications for new episodes. Check out my YouTube channel where you have access to podcasts and other videos. I welcome your feedback, and we are always here for you. Reach out to me directly through truthmethod.com, and thank you for listening.